Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Saturday. It's November the 5th of the year 2022. And I hope this day finds you and your family well. I am your host. I am your teacher. I am the founder and the president of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am Dr. Kamla D. And that is for those who are tuning in for the first time and don't know my voice. So, it is storming here in Louisiana. I hope you guys are having some better weather. I am playing another uh, episode from Dr. Frederick Casey Price's epic um, series entitled Race, Religion, and Racism. Right now, he is in the religious section talking about the genealogy of Jesus. And my God, it's been over 7,000 of you who are tuning in to this. To God be all the glory. We just want you to learn Bible truth here. And follow the scriptures closely because he is going deeper today than he did last week. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to send me an email. I know um, some of you have already and, and I hope my response was to your satisfaction. But don't hesitate because I know you can't ask, ask Dr. Price. And I've been following his teachings long enough to know what he means and uh, the issue he has is that he is so detail oriented. Sometimes he can lose people in the message. But um, with that said, Saint, sit back and let's learn some Bible truth. I am still teaching on, drawing rapidly to the conclusion of it, but I'm still teaching on the subject of race, religion, and racism. And uh, you may be tempted after hearing this and seeing this program, uh, you may decide to write me a letter. The ground rules from day one, all the way from the very beginning up till now, the ground rules are that if you write me a letter and expect me personally to read that letter, whether it's a positive letter or a negative letter, uh, you must have your full name and return mailing address on the letter or I will not read it. Even if I'm led to read one, uh, whether publicly or privately, uh, the ground rules are you must have your name and return mailing address on it. I'm not going to read any letters from a friend. Now, uh, we're in the religion section of our lesson, but just before getting into the lesson today, I received uh, a couple of interesting communications via the internet. Uh, one is from our fellowship forum at our, on our website, and then another is a very interesting letter from a viewer from the... Um, internet, and I haven't, I haven't read or shared any letters recently with you, uh, and uh, so I don't want you to think that I'm all, I always want to just share negative stuff, but uh, these are very interesting, and I think they'll be a blessing to you. They certainly were a blessing to me, so I'm going to be reading them for my sake, okay, y'all, you know, whatever. All right, um, 
Now, this was really interesting. This was on our fellowship forum, and it the subject that the writer is writing about, not teaching with love, talking about me. Because, you know, everybody, I, I told you at the outset, everybody's not ready for this series, and they're not ready for me in the way that I, I was led to give it. And so a lot of people, because they don't understand really what love is, they think that because I hit it hard and come straight down the line and don't pull no punches, they think that's not love. So this is about not teaching in love. I have watched Dr. Price for a while now. Not as much as I would like because my work schedule keeps me away long hours. But his series has touched me deeply. I am a white and for many years I despise racists to the point of hating them. After I accepted Jesus, I stopped hating them and merely despise them. <laughs> racism, racism has never been a weakness with me despite growing up white in Mississippi. My weakness has always been wrath. I was so full of pride about not being a racist when I started watching Dr. Price. His series showed me that if I'm not being part of the solution, I'm being part of the problem. Then to cut me down to size, the Holy Spirit showed me some passive prejudice that I harbored in my own heart in the form of stereotypes held about black people. I was stunned to realize this, but now I could no longer despise those who are given to the sin of racism. I emailed Dr. Price about this discovery. He didn't fire back a reply with the subject, I told you so. He rejoiced with me in my willingness to admit the truth, and he encouraged me in my struggle to overcome these feelings and seek God's face. I thank God for Dr. Price and his willingness to stand up for the truth regardless of what kind of flack gets thrown at him. And I want to thank everyone at EIF for this forum and everyone who posts here for the fellowship. May God bless and keep you all. Thank you, Brad. I thought that was good. Then he gives his email address. Now, I received another um, internet email just very recently. And I, I thought this was also good. I want to uh, thank, I want to read it rather than share it with you. Um, Dear Dr. Price, my name is Mark Franklin, and I live in Roanoke, Virginia. I watch your program on Lifetime each Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Even if I try to rest later, I tape it so I can watch it later on Sunday and usually watch it a few times during the week. I need to watch it a few times periodically because I want to make sure I, and in big letters, get it. I want to say that your series on race, religion, and racism has been a real inspiration to me. I am a white male, 40 years old. It has enlightened me as to the real truth, in real big bold letters, of the matter. You have documented evidence on each and everything you speak of, and that makes me know that this is correct. I would like to say that I, as a white male who lives in the United States, that first of all, I am opposed to racism of any type. I am very proud to be a white man, but that we all are human beings and that there is no big letters, no difference in people at all, regardless of color. It is exactly that, and then in parenthesis, color. I am so proud of you for opposing, exposing the truth. I am so proud to be a supporter of your ministry, even though monetarily I have not been able to do as much as I would like. 
I also know you do not hold that against me. But you are a living example of what people should be doing, and that is to talk about it. Get it out. Understand it. Learn from it and move with the wonderful life that God wanted us to have. I thank you for educating me as the information that you have shared in many cases was not in the history books and of course my family did not know some of these things therefore they did not discuss it. I charge myself with accountability for this knowledge that I have obtained from your program and I will do my best to pass on the knowledge that I have and share it with as many people as possible and pass it on and then in real big letters correctly pass it on correctly so that all of the problems that this generation and those before us have encountered will begin slowing down we must have this knowledge if we want to move on we must know why who when and where so that we can learn from it and move on Oprah Winfrey says quote you did what you knew to do and when you knew better you did better end of quote so I have learned better and I will do better thank you for taking the time to read this please by all means feel free to read this publicly and state my name address and phone number <laughs> I am proud of this letter and I am proud of you for what you are doing may the Lord bless you and your family this holiday season Sincerely, Mark A. Franklin, Roanoke, Virginia. Well, I, I thought you'd be blessed by those. I was, so I thought that that's good. So just wanted you to know all the letters are not, are not negative. Now, let's get into it. Um, last week, I left off with uh, talking about the birth of Jesus in terms of him coming into the world by way of the virgin birth, if you will remember. And uh, then there was also a young lady that wrote me a note simply seeking some better understanding and clarification on some of the things that that I had said she had some legitimate questions so I want to just read this just really basically a, a large one one large paragraph but I want to use this and then take off from there he said I have a question about Jesus having black blood in him understand I understand that Joseph is the legal father of Jesus and didn't impregnate Mary I also understand that Jesus didn't receive Joseph's sinful nature but what about Mary wouldn't Mary's sinful nature be placed in Jesus since she was used to bring Jesus into the world. Did God use Mary's egg to bring Jesus in? If God didn't use Mary's egg and yet place Jesus inside of Mary's womb, then how can Jesus be related to David, Solomon, etc.? Help, please. Now, I want to use that as a jumping off place and give some very clear, definitive information about this um, thing about Jesus and Mary and the virgin birth. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. All of this 
is important to us as Christians because Christianity, the, the validity of Christianity, is based upon Jesus the Christ, the anointed Messiah. And our deliverance from the penalty of sin due to Adam's rebellion in the Garden of Eden in the beginning is all based upon the fact that Jesus could not come into the world with our sin nature. Because if so, then he would have been in need of a Savior himself. And I pointed out that it's not any strange thing or unusual thing with God, the fact that he brought Jesus into the world by Mary without the help, the physical help of Joseph. Because if you will remember, as we closed last time, I asked the question, if it's such a hard thing to understand and grasp the virgin birth, then the question simply would be, then where did Adam get his genetic makeup? Where did he get his DNA? He didn't have a mother, and he didn't have a father. In fact, he didn't even grow up. He came here as a fully developed, fully grown adult male. So where did he get his genetic coding? He had to have a genetic coding because he would later on be responsible for populating or peopling the earth. Therefore, he and Eve would have to have children. Therefore, if Adam didn't have DNA, if Adam didn't have genes, if Adam didn't have chromosomes, then how would he be able to have a posterity that did? Therefore, obviously, when God created him, he had to create him with, create him with all of the genetic coding, with all of the necessary things to pass on to start the ball rolling as such in terms of human life, right? So, it's not a difficult thing then to grasp the idea that Jesus came into this world via the virgin birth without the aid of a man, Joseph, in a physical sense. Then we, I, I pointed out the fact that God, once he found out that there was, not that he found out, but the Bible portrays it that way and gives us the striking order of events. When it was determined that Adam didn't have a help me, God put him to sleep and took a rib out of him and then made a woman out of the rib. Now, he made Adam out of the dust and made the woman out of the rib. So Eve didn't have a mother. So where did she get her DNA? Where did she get her genetic makeup? Obviously, God had to put it in her, just like he put it in Adam. And if he could put it in Adam, and he could put it in Eve, three strikes, you're not out. I guess he could do it the third time with Mary. Now, Having said that, which basically brings us up to speed, I want to wax eloquent here and scientific. You know, every once in a while I got to dump on y'all, you know, let you know how erudite and scholarly I ain't. <laughs> All right, now watch this. Matthew chapter 1. It says the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now we're going to find out in a few moments how that's so, but God said, I said, 
God said that Jesus was the son of David and he was the son of Abraham. Now, if we didn't get any other validation for that, it wouldn't make any difference. God said it, so it must be so. But to assuage our curiosity, we will delineate it. Now, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Obviously, you know that. Now, so it says the book of the genealogy. Now, in the traditional King James, it does not use the word genealogy. It uses the word generation. The generation of Jesus Christ, etc., etc. Now, that word generation literally means tracing, tracing, or we could use the modern term tracking by generation. And the definition that's given in the dictionary says I.E. genealogy. So that's where the new King James translators came up with the word genealogy. Now, there are some profound findings in reference to Jesus here in Matthew chapter 1 in reference to the birth of Christ. First of all, it is interesting that the chapter begins discussing the genealogy of Jesus Christ and then the birth of Christ. Now you, you, you follow this. The first thing that's given is the genealogy of Jesus then followed by the discussion of the birth of Jesus. However, if the genealogy of Jesus Christ represents the genes of Jesus Christ, then this order makes perfect sense. If the genealogy of Jesus Christ represents his genetic makeup, then it is appropriate to describe his genes before his birth. Now, what is a genealogy? It's a historical tracking of the generation of that individual person. Notice that the word genealogy begins with gene. So we could say the genes of Jesus Christ. So that's talking about his heredity. It's talking about his genetic makeup. If Jesus was truly a human, he had to have DNA. And there's only one way you can get DNA. Follow along. Jesus Christ, now listen to this, Jesus Christ must have had genes in his body in which he walked the earth. The Greek word for gene is genin or genin, G-E-N-N-A-N, and it literally means produce, to produce. It is the basic unit of heredity. In Tabor's Cyclopedic Medical Dictionary, edition 14, 
copyright 1981, page 579. Now, listen carefully. All the genes that are found in a normal individual with no genetic defects comes from 46 chromosomes. Normally, the offspring receives... Now, follow this because we're going to validate the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and we're going to establish the fact that Jesus was a man in every sense that we are. And I see some of you acting just like you do in your biology class. Y'all ready, ready going to sleep on me. All right, now listen up. I said all genes that are found in normal individuals with no genetic defects comes from 46 chromosomes. Normally, the offspring receives 50% of its chromosomes from the mother and 50% from the father. Therefore, 23 chromosomes come from the mother and 23 come from the father. These are considered as 23 pairs resulting in a total of 46 chromosomes. Oh, now get this now, because we're getting in, we're going to walk way. You got your life preservers on? Oh, I'm going to take you deep now. Can you all swim? Can you swim? We're getting ready to go real deep now. It's going to blow you away. You got your life, you got your life preserver on? Okay, be sure now. We're getting ready to go real deep now. I listen to this again now. Ha, 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 50% of the chromosomes come from the mother and 50% from the father. To make a total of 46 chromosomes. The sex, now that, I know that's going to wake y'all up, sex. Everybody just, yeah, 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 yes, pastor, yeah, what do you got to say about sex? Yeah, okay, right there now. The sex chromosomes are either XX for a female or XY for a male. Now get this. Since Jesus Christ was a male, he must have had a Y chromosome. The mother, XX, can only donate an X chromosome to the baby. It is the father, XY, who donates the X chromosome to the female offspring or the Y chromosome to the male offspring. Therefore, and I said this last time as a postulation, I said, well, where did Jesus get his genetic makeup? Well, he had to either get it from Mary 100%, which genetically cannot be so. Therefore, a male's got to be involved in there somewhere because the other half of the chromosome come from the male. Therefore, Jesus Christ could not 
I repeat again, could not have received 100% of his genetic makeup from Mary because she did not carry the Y chromosome. The Y chromosome must have come from the genes or the genealogy of Jesus Christ. In other words, from Joseph's side. Now, Jesus must have resembled someone in appearance. Wouldn't he have to look like somebody? I mean, he wouldn't come here with no looks, would he? Well, your looks come from your genetic coding that you receive from your mater and pater, better known as your mama and your papa. Okay? So it makes sense that he would look like a combination of Mary and Joseph. Yeah, Pastor, but Joseph didn't have anything to do with it. We'll get there. We'll get there. It makes sense, I said, that Jesus would look like a combination of Mary and Joseph. Remember, God considered Mary and Joseph as the parents of Jesus on the earth. Is that right? Why would God make Mary carry Jesus and he looked nothing like her? Similarly, why would God have Joseph as the father if Jesus looked nothing like him? Look at Matthew, the twenty, oh, first chapter, 20 verse. In this verse, the angel Gabriel told Joseph, don't put Mary away. Look at verse 20. It says, but while he thought, this is Joseph, about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, this was important. Why? Because the world needed to know the earthly parents of Jesus Christ. He could not be thought of as an illegitimate child that was born to a mother out of wedlock. In order for the world to recognize his parents and to accept his birth as legitimate, Jesus had to resemble his parents. And Joseph and Mary needed to be married. He would resemble them. Oh, get this now. He would resemble them if he had their genes. I believe that the genealogy of Jesus Christ is important because it defines the genetic makeup that Christ received from Joseph. In addition, the genealogy of Mary represents the genetic makeup that Christ received from Mary. Only God would know the exact genetic code for the body of Jesus Christ while he walked the earth. Amen. In Matthew 120 that we just read, it says that it says that which was conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit, not of Joseph physically. 
through sexual transmission. The Holy Spirit must have delivered the genetic makeup from the male side to Mary who already had half of the genetic makeup. In Matthew 1.1, 1, 1, it refers to Christ as the son of David and the son of Abraham. How can you be the son of someone if there is no relationship? But if you have their genes, then you can be considered a son. Jesus had the genes of Abraham, the genes of David, and everybody from them all the way down to Mary and Joseph. Therefore, it makes sense when Jesus is referred to as the son of David and the son of Abraham. He is the son of man because he has their genes. You ever remember seeing that thing? And I'll guarantee you, you wondered when you read the New Testament and you keep hearing Jesus talk about the son of man this and the son of man that and the son of man the other. That's because he's got man genes in him. He's got, he was a human. He had man's genes in him. That's why he's the son of man. It's like you're the son of men, aren't you? Or did you get here by being the son of a gorilla? seems so obvious, but we, we don't think about that. Now, he is the son of man because he has their genes, but he is also the son of God because of the Father. The Holy Spirit made it possible for Jesus to enter the earth because it says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and that which will be conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit, not of Joseph. Now, Jesus' ascension made it possible for the Holy Spirit to dwell in the earth. The Holy Spirit had to have taken the genetic coding from Joseph's line in order for Jesus to be a true man. In order to be the son of Abraham and David, etc., he'd have to have their genes. Now, wait a minute again. Watch this now. I asked the question a while ago. I said, where, where, where did Abraham, uh, where did Adam get his, gen, his genes? He didn't have a mother. He didn't have a father. He wasn't carried in any woman's womb. So where did he get his genetic makeup from? Well, I ask you another question. Who invented genes? Come on, you scientist. Who invented genetics? Where did DNA come from? Where did chromosomes come from? Well, God then must be able to manufacture genetic coding to be able to have put it into Adam because Adam didn't have a mama and a papa so he couldn't get his genes hereditarily. So the only other way he could have got them was directly from the maker, from the factory that makes genes. So if he could do that, and to me that looks a lot harder 
than it would be to go inside of somebody that's already here and alive and pull out the genetic coding and put it over here in somebody else than it would be to take it out of nowhere and bring it and put it in somewhere in Adam. So undoubtedly, because he said, the, the, the book says there in 120, that don't, don't put her away because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit overshadowed Joseph. And since he's part maker, as it were, he's the agent that does the work that God creates, then he would be able to pull that genetic coding out of Joseph, 50%, 26 chromosomes, and put them into, 23 chromosomes, and put them into Jesus so that Jesus would be all man and all God because he came directly from both. He's a son of God because he was hooked up to God by virtue of not having a sin nature that he had inherited from Joseph. All he got from Joseph was the genetic coding. Amen. Are you understanding this? I do. So that's how he came into this world. That's what the virgin birth is all, all about. It is scientifically validatable. Nothing strange about it at all. All scientifically validatable. Genes and chromosomes and genetics and DNA. That's why he's called the son of man. Because he, he'd be a man. That's what you are. You son of man. You son of man. You're son of man. We're all sons of men. Unless you came in on the flying saucer. So that's why he says it. I used to wonder about that. I never could figure out why did, he, why did he refer to himself as the son of man? See, not knowing the genetic situation. I said, what is that? The son of man? What is, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When the son of man does this, when the son of man does that. I wonder, what is he talking about, the son of man? He's talking about the fact that he's got genes in him just like you've got genes in you. He's got chromosomes in him. He's got DNA in him. And that's why he's called the son of David because he had David inside of him. And David and Bathsheba had Nathan and Solomon and Bathsheba was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, and the Hittites were black. Therefore, it is reasonable to assume that Jesus had not only white in him, black in him. In fact, I told you before, Jesus was the composite man. Actually, Jesus had everybody in him. Watch this. That makes reasonable sins why because he's the representative for everybody before god so why wouldn't he have everybody in him in order to be able to represent everybody all right watch this now if you read the genealogy of luke which we did before it takes us from jesus all the way back to Adam, right? Okay. Now, Adam and Eve began to have children. Where do you think Noah came from? The planet Uranus? Maybe. Mars. Where, where, did, where did Noah come from? Noah was the product of his father and mother who were the product of their father and mother, and 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 their father and mother, all the way back to the first father and mother, Adam and Eve. 
So whatever Adam and Eve had in them was transmitted through the genes to their offspring, to their offspring, to their offspring, to their offspring, all the way to Noah. Now Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and all of our Bible scholars and historians declare that the entire human race that we see today is the result of those three boys after the flood because all of the other humans up until that time had been destroyed by the flood. There was nobody left but Noah and his three sons and their wives and ultimately their children. So therefore, if Jesus' genealogy if he had the genes of David and he had the genes of Abraham, he had to have the genes of Canaan and he had to have the genes of Ham and he had to have the genes of Noah and he had to have the genes of Abraham. So Jesus has everybody in him. And he represents everybody, both spiritually and genetically. All right, moving right along here. Now, during my research for the series, I came upon much material that inferred that almost everyone in the Bible was black. In fact, they have a Bible and all the pictures in it are all black. Abraham's black. Jesus is black. Even the black is black. <laughs> to me, that is extreme. as inferring that everyone in the Bible was European white. Get what I said now. Let me say it again. I said I came upon much material as I was studying for this series that attempted to show that everybody in the Bible was black. I said that is just as extreme as trying to tell me that everybody in the Bible was white. We don't need to go from one extreme to the other. We've had the extreme. Let's get out of the extremes. I don't need a white Jesus. I don't need a black Jesus. I need a real Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm in jail, in prison, can't get out, got a heavy bail hanging over my head, and somebody, and an and, 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 and a, and a Asian walks in and says, I'm here to pay Fred Price's bail, and they bring me out, and I see that it's an Asian and not a black person. Oh, no, I don't want to be released because I, I no, I, I, I can only be released if somebody black bails me. Are you crazy? I want out of here. I, when somebody's going to come and save me, I don't care what color they are. It's not their color that's going to set me free. But we do want to be as accurate as we can and there's no reason not to be when the information is available to us. Now, American, that's why, that is what our American tradition has left us with the idea that everybody is white. Many blacks call Christianity the white man's religion because of that fact. To me, To be Eurocentric, that's being all white, that means Eurocentric. In other words, centered Europeanly. To be Eurocentric or Afrocentric, both are extreme as far as I'm concerned. Christianity is not the white man's religion and it's not the black man's religion. Christianity is everybody's religion who is willing to accept it because the scripture, the Bible tells me, whosoever will, let him come.
Not whosoever's white or whosoever's black, whosoever's male or whosoever's female, whosoever will, let him come. In, may I suggest something to you? Instead of Euro or Afrocentric, why not be Christocentric? It is. We don't need to be Afro and we don't need to be Euro. Why not be Christo? Christ-centered, in other words. When I was first introduced to Christianity, the context was definitely a white one. Pictures of Bible characters were always white. And Jesus himself was depicted as white-skinned, Blonde hair and blue eyes in many cases. But once you begin to study the Bible apart from tradition, you find that everyone was not white. One thing that has been overlooked traditionally is the fact that there are many persons of color mentioned in the Bible who have received no credit at the hands of those purveyors of printing of Bibles because primarily they had the power the resources, the money, and the know-how to print the Bibles. So all they did was print the Bible in reference to people in the Bible. They always printed them in their own image, their color, instead of the true color. I mean, it's really unfortunate mm -hmm. that color should matter. But it does so in our world and in our society. When you think of the fact that black people in this country have for almost 400 years been told that they are no more than beasts of the field and that among the peoples of the earth they are the most inferior, the revelation that they were included by God in his word is indeed good and welcome news. You see, if you've never been put down like people of color have been put down in this country, not alone just in the secular arena, but also in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can't empathize with us. I didn't say sympathize because we don't want your sympathy and we don't need it. That's not going to help us. didn't help you, sure, it's not going to help us. But empathy, to be able to empathize. I agree, it shouldn't make a difference. But the facts are that to some people it does make a difference. And since to these to whom it does make a difference are also people for whom Christ died, I think it is incumbent upon us to reach them at any cost that doesn't compromise the word of God. Some people need this information. You may say, well, it doesn't make any difference. It does to some people. You selfish, greedy thing. Don't just think about yourself. Think about other people that do need it. Maybe you don't, but there are multitudes of people out there who do need it, and that's who this message is for. Christian people can be them. Whether they're black or white, brown, red, or yellow, can be the, the most stingiest, greediest, selfish people on earth. It's always about me. I didn't get anything out of it. It didn't move me. Well, what about the people that did? 
Some people need this message. They need to know that they're not an afterthought of God. I didn't need it for me once I found out how to walk by faith, once I found out my covenant rights, once I found out what the Bible said I was and what I had and what I could do. It delivered me from an inferiority complex that I carried all my life. It delivered me from low self-esteem. I took the word and overcame it. But there are a lot of people, they can't even get to the word because they have been so beaten down all their life with this idea of inferiority. They can't even lift their heads up to see the truth. So somebody's got to love them and be concerned enough about them to get this kind of a message to them. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs this message and then Jesus cannot come back until we do something about this. And it's not about, it's not about making black folk feel better than anybody else. That's not even the point. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to let you feel good about you because God does. And the only thing that can set you free from this kind of bombardment that we have experienced for the 400 years that we've been black people in this country, almost 400 years, is the truth. Because Jesus said the truth will make you free. Amen. And people don't always like the truth because it, it can sting. But it'll set you free. Amen. I'd rather be stung and free then sting free and bound or feeling the sting and be bound by it. Amen. So don't be so quick to criticize. I mean, we've even had people here in the church and the information's gotten back. I, I pray God that that was the only person. I pray God that was the only person. I pray God that was the only ignorant, stupid, selfish, greedy person in this congregation. I trust. I pray to Almighty God sacrifice lambs and cows and donkeys and elephants and everything else on the altar to hope that nobody else could be this stupid and be this greedy and selfish to have been her saying I don't need it I don't want to hear about no history and that is so that is so stupid that is so ignorant that book that you have in your lap talk to me girl all the, it's all history. And that's probably why some of you are getting your butts kicked because you're treating that Bible just like that person treated the information that I brought forth talking about its history. I don't want to hear nothing about history. You better. Because it's got your story in it, Dumbo. It's going, it's going, it's gone, a home run. Yeah. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3. As I said, everybody doesn't need this information in total. All of y'all need the information. Because think about this, you need the information to be, that's why you, that's the reason why you can't help anybody else. Because you're so selfish and self-centered, see, that you don't come to get what you need to help somebody else. It's all just about you, you greedy thing. It's just about what you can get. It's about the three of you, me, myself, and I. 
You ever thought about some people that you run into that I'll never run into? You ever think about the people that you will be able to converse with and come face to face on a one-on-one that, I, that will never come to Crenshaw Christian Center, that will never tune in to Ever Increasing Faith Television, that will never go to faithdome.org and visit our website? What about those people? Those are people for whom Christ died. Who's going to take them the message? It's not my responsibility to run around all over the community and all over the city and try to get everybody out there safe. It's your responsibility, you lazy thing. It, you're the sheep. It is not pastors. It's not shepherds that give birth to lamb. It ought to be sheep. You ought to be bringing people in. And just like, let me go ahead and get on this while I'm here. That's the reason why all these empty seats are in this building because you've been so selfish and lazy. You have not been telling people about this ministry. You have been not been telling them about the word of God. That's how this church got to the size that it did in the first place. It was by one satisfied customer telling another. It was when you had zeal. You had zeal when you were poor. You had zeal when you were bound with sickness and disease. You had zeal when you couldn't pay your bills because you came here to try to find out how to walk by faith so you could get out of your bills and your debt and your sickness and everything else. Now you done got fat and increased with good. You drive in your big BMW and your Mercedes Benz. You drive in your big town car. You drive in your big navigator. Now you're all thinking just about you and you don't give a care about anybody else out there. So you haven't been telling anybody. You haven't been bringing anybody because you haven't been bringing your lazy self. How are you going to bring somebody else and you haven't even brought you? You don't even know how to pray for the rest of the world. You don't even know how to pray for the needs of the rest of the world because you're too lazy to come here and find out about it. That's why we import these people here. These are people that are out there every day of their lives giving their lives for the gospel to win a lost and dying world. We bring them in here not for window dressing. We don't bring them in here because we don't have anything else to do. We bring them in here because of their expertise. I don't know everything. I can't be everywhere. I can't do everything. I've got to bring experts in that are out there that are rubbing shoulders with people that are dying and that are sick and that are bound by demon possession. And so you won't even bring your lazy self here to hear about how to pray about them. You don't even know how to pray because you don't know what's going on. Selfish, selfish, selfish. But I tell you what, it's over, brothers and sisters. You better get on board the ship because there's going to be a new wind blowing through this place from now on. And you better get your lazy butt ready for it or you're going to be out on the street. And you can get upset, tell me I ain't going to come back. I don't give a care. Take your lazy skinny butt somewhere else anyway. And that will give us more room for the people that are going to be coming here. This place is going to run over with, folks. You mark it down. And you got a choice. You got a choice. You can be a part of the problem or you can be a part of the solution. It's up to you. People need this message. You with your stingy, greedy self, I don't, I don't need to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You don't even care about the other people that do need it. I told you to turn to Proverbs, didn't I? Yeah. Chapter 3, didn't I? Yeah. My God, when I think of what the man, what the man paid to bring us this salvation, you think I'm upset. How do you think he must feel for 2,000 years up there praying for your lazy behind? 
to see that you prosper and you're too lazy to even bring yourself down here to find out what's going on in another part of the world. I think what the real problem is, you scared God going to send you. <laughs> so you don't want to get too close and find out too much so you won't be responsible. Don't worry, God's not going to send you nowhere. He knows how lazy you are. He ha- he ha- hey, hey, he's having enough problem with you here. You think he's going to send you somewhere you don't want to go? Give him credit for having that much sense anyway. But you ought to be here so you'll find, at least find out what's going on. What are the needs? What do I need to be praying for? Instead of just give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I want a new car. I want a new navigator. I want a new house. How about the people out there that are dying? Going into a crisis eternity. All about me, myself, and I. Gonna have to change. We've been brought to a certain point and we thought it was all just for ourselves so we could just squander it on ourselves. No, it's been brought to us to give us a responsibility to have the resources necessary to reach the world. Well, saints, uh, this concludes this episode. Um, I can tell you this. There will never ever be another Frederick K.C. Price Sr. He did not bite his tongue. When he shared Bible truth, he shared Bible truth because the Bible was twisted back in the day to try to support racism. They didn't want people of color to learn how to read because they would have learned the truth. And like Fred Price said years ago, and I'm saying today, I know they mad. I know how to read because I'm going to tell it like a T-I-T-I-S. But I say it in love and the Fred Price I know spoke it in love as well. So saints with that said, I will share one more episode from Dr. Price series uh, next week. And then I will share a new episode that I'm working on now. I'm studying and pulling the research and the scriptures entitled a faith that surpasses all understanding. So until next time, saints, I want you to walk in love and peace out. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase a-m-a-l-e capital D and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out.